I'm not now. She maybe either sitting in the lower level don't know, but what she does every Sunday is I give her a copy of my sermon, and then she takes the young people after the offering in behind the upper room, and she takes my sermon, makes something good out of it, and she shares it with the youth. She's just an incredible, incredible lady. We appreciate her so very, very much. Let's give her, yeah, where is she? She's gone. Who would ever have thought a bouquet? And this is from Africa, all this kind of stuff. There. I got that one. Uh, last night was the uh, Manhattan Beach banquet. Great evening. After the banquet was over, I was out in the foyer and uh, talking to someone. They looked at me and they said, you look tired. How are you doing? And I said, yeah, I am tired. And he said, then he went on to encourage me in the ministry. You know, you, you need to take a break. Don't work too hard. And I said, well, I was working on a car today. And that's why I'm tired. <laughs> ministry says, going great. I just warned because I had to have the sledgehammer approach working on this car. All day, hammering, you know, my ears are ringing. Well, I was hungry. It was a good banquet. But I was tired, so he felt better about that. Then I went home, went on the treadmill to try and clear the cobwebs. Got up early this morning, had a big, big cup of coffee, and the coffee wore off about an hour ago. So I don't know what you're going to get, but what you get is what I got. Let's pray. Stand with me. That might be a good thing to do right about now. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that engulfs us, smothers us, uses us. Thank you, God, for the potential and the promise and what you can do this morning We just are excited about the Spirit. We're excited about what you're doing in our church at this moment. We're grateful, God, with how you're leading us. And God, this morning, I just want to be faithful to your word and somehow share some truth that might transform our lives and lead us on this journey. Amen. So I am excited. You may be seated. So I am excited about what God is doing in our church. Very excited about the journey God is leading us on. And this morning, I'm I'm talking to you about pictures of the Holy Spirit continuing this series. And this is the sixth message in this series entitled Pictures of the Holy Spirit. We looked at oil, uh, two messages on that. Then we looked at fire, two messages on fire as a picture of the Holy Spirit. And then about a month ago, I did one message on the dove. Next week, I want to, will you pray as I prepare this week? Because I'm talking about wind as a picture of the Holy Spirit. And I really want to be sensitive to what he wants to deliver next Sunday morning to our ears, to our hearts, and to our lives. So I thought this morning I'd begin by sharing with you why I began this series in the first place. Number one, it's because Calvary Temple is a Pentecostal church. We're a Pentecostal church. We're with the, affiliated with the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, some 1,100 churches found across Canada. And we began in the early 1900s as a Holy Spirit movement. We really basically began out of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in a prayer meeting. The Spirit of God began to move and we began to congregate together. And so, well, maybe we better get some organization to this. Called ourselves the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. And uh, we just, one of our clear distinctives was the person and work of the Holy Spirit 
in the church as we gather together week after week or whenever it happened to have been, and also in our individual lives. We want to be a people that is sensitive to the Spirit of God. And so I have seen the Holy Spirit do great things. As a child growing up in the Pentecostal church, I've seen hunger for the Holy Spirit put on display. I've seen signs and wonders and miracles. I've seen what the Spirit of God can do in a church. And I began to say, I want always to be sensitive to what the Spirit wants to do because He's the one that will do what no man can do. So we are a Pentecostal church. Secondly, because of simply listening to, trying to listen to the voice of God's Spirit. Uh, When I put sermons together or put a series together, Sometimes it just sits in the back of my mind for a while. This has been sitting in the back of my mind since last September. I just felt impressed by God that I should be doing some messages on the Holy Spirit last September. So I'm getting to it now. It just kind of sits back there, bakes back there in the back burner, and, and it comes forth at some particular point in time, and this is the time. Because I believe there's a danger for us to lose that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. As time goes on, that we can lose that hunger and that desire. We can maybe look and say, well, we're doing things pretty good ourselves. And that's when God would say, danger, 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 flashing, alert, alert, alert. You need the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, reason why I began this series was because of a changing church. We are a changing church. How I many notice the last three years our church has changed? The last two years the church has changed, and we'll continue to change. Our church is growing. We have Many new faces, new people, and Pentecostalism is new to a lot of people. And I just think that when that's new to a lot of people, the journey is going to be exciting as we just begin to discover discovery land, the Holy Spirit, and what he wants to do. He's a person, not an it, and he wants to flow through us as a body and flow through us as a church. And number four, many people have a misunderstanding of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Many are afraid. And maybe you've been saved for many years, found Christ 10 years ago, and maybe you're here this morning and you have this kind of fear of the Holy Spirit. And so there's misunderstanding still about the function of the Holy Spirit. Some think of him as as being spooky spirit. Some people think he's the the wild, hairy member of the Trinity. His hair is out to here. He's just zanging. We have the wrong interpretation and view of the Holy Spirit. Some people think that he's going to somehow do something to us. Against our will, make us look stupid, upset us, and shove us here, shove us there. That's not, the Bible says, that the Spirit of God is subject to the prophets. He works with your will, not against your will. I can uh, illustrate this by back to our first church, 1984. My wife and I went on vacation between churches. Went to California, visited a church. I, I told them in the foyer that I was a pastor between churches, and they took it upon themselves to, to call me to the front, my wife and I, to the front of the church to pray for us. That's okay. I'm all for prayer, so I go to the front. I didn't mind the prayer, but I did mind the pushing. i got to say that. I, I wasn't resisting the Holy Spirit at all. I was resisting flesh. And so when flesh tried to push me back, flesh pushed back the other way. And so we had a little bit of a tug of, tug of war going on up there in front of the people. Embarrassing, very embarrassing for me. I didn't know them. They'll never see me again anyways. So, but I'm standing there, and there's this going on. And now I want you to know, I'm not anti-lay-me-on-the-floor kind of a person. If the Holy Spirit wants to do that, he's welcome. And he's done it before. But I, But not under the power of the flesh. 
And so it's okay to resist the flesh. And I wasn't resisting the Holy Spirit. I was resisting fleshly input. But they took it upon themselves again to think there's sin in my life. Brother, there must be a sin in your life. What's wrong with you? So I just gave him a little tap inside the face and went and sat down. You know I didn't do that. But I wanted to. In front of all these people, you're embarrassed. I got no sin. I don't think there's any sin there. I'll deal with it. Uh, let's move on. The more I've been thinking about pictures of the Holy Spirit and, and the message that I've been sharing, the more I've been realizing that the Holy Spirit doesn't have to be so misunderstood. Why? Because there's so many pictures in the Bible that explain to us the workings of the Holy Spirit that there's more that we can understand and we can reap those benefits. Who doesn't understand pictures? We all do. And Jesus knew that we'd understand pictures. He knew that that would help us to get it. He was always kind. Jesus was a picture man. Not this. He was a picture man. He was an artist. Parables painted pictures for the disciples. All through the Gospels, we read of Jesus painting pictures for his disciples. I want you to get this. So he'd say, this is what the kingdom of God is like. He'd go on to paint a picture, a parable. He even took the disciples' fishing occupation and said, okay, God, you know how to fish. You know how to go out there in a boat and, and, and go out and let down a net. This is just like the kingdom of God. Now fish for souls. Now go on out, share your faith. Now put a hook in the water or a net in the water and bring in a vast multitude of people for the kingdom of God. Disciples, because I, I get that one. I know the picture. I, this is what we've lived, what we've done. I understand it now. Servanthood. He even took a basin of water and began to wash his disciples' feet and say, here's the picture, guys. I want you to know that as I wash your feet, you're to be a, a servant to others. Don't live to please yourself, but please others. And they say, I get the picture. I get the picture, servanthood. Yeah. He was always painting pictures. Why? Because he wanted his followers to understand. Yeah, they were deep truths, but they were simple truths. Not complex, but simple. I want you to get the biblical truth here. So here's a picture to help you get it. Palm Sunday, a few weeks ago, we had our guest was here and he was sharing with us the Seder, the Messiah and the Passover. And I've heard people say to me afterwards, just looking at the parts of the meal, and as you shared it, shared it, lights went on in my mind. I began to understand more about Jesus and his death and resurrection and what he mean can mean in my life. Pictures. We got the picture. We saw the table. We saw the food items there. Pictures. Makes it so much clear. I love doing illustrated sermons. Any way I can make an illustration to, to drive home a point or show you a picture of something, but because we get it. You know something? I remember Chad Furlong, a long time ago, he preached at this church and he had a pot of boiling water here. And he's boiling water. I never forgot it. Don't have a clue what the sermon was all about, but I remember the boiling water. No. It was about being hot for Jesus. Never forgot it. Pictures help us in our understanding. And this is exactly what this series is all about. Pictures to help us understand the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Last Sunday, tap dancing and hip-hop in the church. Wow. The church is changing, isn't it? Piece of plywood on the floor. I want to do that this morning, but I just can't. Don't have the legs for it. Have to have long legs to really tap dance like he did last Sunday. But then the drama, then the artist was painting. We got the picture last Sunday morning. 
Jesus wants your heart. You went home last Sunday. You, you, you remembered that. You took one thing from it. Jesus wants my heart, wants my life. Today, this is part two on the dove. As a picture of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, Matthew chapter 3. Let me read to you a couple of verses of Scripture. Verse 16, the baptism of Jesus. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son. With him, I am well pleased. The Spirit of God descended upon him as a dove, upon his shoulders. One of the things I mentioned a month ago was the last time I, where I stopped at this series because other things we had in the middle there, you know, important things as well. But uh, one of the things I said a month ago when I was speaking about the dove, I talked about the brooding aspect. And I want to say to you this morning that I could not get that out of my mind ever since. The brooding aspect. You see, in Genesis 1 and 2, it says the Holy Spirit brooded over the waters when the earth was formless and when it was empty and dark. Just as the dove broods over her nest of eggs and what happens, life begins to erupt. And so I began to think of that again in the context of the church. Not only did it happen back in Genesis, but something, uh, this brooding aspect, God desires by His Spirit to happen in the church today. Picture yourselves as being the nest. We gather together each Sunday as the nest, and the Holy Spirit, as the dove, comes and broods over us. He heats us up, and He brings life to our fellowship. He brings anticipation. He brings excitement. He brings healing. He brings deliverance. And never again can we or will we be the same. And man, I thought about that all ever since then. I want the Holy Spirit to brood over us. We're hungry and we're thirsty for that. Unless we hunger and long for the Holy Spirit to rest on us and brood over us in every gathering, all we'll have is what man can do. I, I don't know about you, but man is so limited. We can't do very much. And I don't want just what man can do. But all we'll have, if we don't hunger for the Holy Spirit to brood over us, all we'll have is a social gathering. I'm all for social gathering, but when it's time to come together for the church, I want more than a social gathering. Yeah, I want fellowship. Yeah, it's nice shaking hands, but we've got to have more than that, right? And if we don't hunger and desire the Holy Spirit to come, we're going to have a gathering that's void of the power and heat of the Holy Spirit. That's just where I'm at today. I don't want just what we can produce. I want the supernatural to happen. I want the signs and wonders to happen. I want transformation to happen. So number one this morning, this afternoon already, the Holy Spirit as a dove is peaceful. Peaceful. Pictures for us to understand how he wants to work in our lives. And at Genesis chapter 8 and verse 10, we read that the flood waters began to decrease. And as they began to decrease, Noah opened up the windows and, of the ark and he sent out a dove. The dove returned and in its beak was a fresh olive leaf. And what that meant was that the troubled waters, 
They're bashing that ark around. The troubled waters were over. What that meant was calm was going to be restored. The dove brought back a message of peace. And we often hear this said of someone, I've heard it said, you have as well, that they are as gentle and peaceful as doves. We've all heard that. We probably said it. Doves gave us that picture of peace. They're harmless, tender, they're mild, they're innocent. They don't want to start a war, but they want to bring peace. They don't want to disrupt, but they want to bring calm. How many knew that about doves? They don't want to start a war. They're just peaceful. They're a picture of peace. I also read that the dove is a very, very clean bird. And this amazed me too about the dove. The dove will not feed on rotten flesh. Roadkill. Every time you drive down the highway, roadkill, you see birds. No, the dove won't do that. Rotten flesh. They don't have no part of it. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 16. To his disciples, when he sent them out into the world, he said, I'm sending you forth like sheep among wolves. He was saying, guys, it's not going to be easy. The road ahead of you is going to be bumpy. It's going to be rough. You're going out, really, into a difficult situation. It's a tough, tough world. Sheep among the wolves. But as you go out there, I want you to be as wise as serpents, but also as you use wisdom and use your noggin, I also want you to be harmless and innocent as doves. There it is again. Be like a dove. In other words, you've got a message of peace for troubled people's lives. Yeah, they'll try to kill you. Yeah, they will succeed in the end. Yeah, they'll be anti-you at times. But you've got a message that you need to deliver. And I don't want to send you out there and just disrupt everything, you're supposed to be peaceful. And don't just preach it. Don't just tell people how to live. But I want you as my followers to show them how to live. Show them. What did Paul say in Galatians 5 and 22? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, if you're a Holy Spirit people and have the Acts chapter 2 experience then the fruit of the tree is going to be peace. And sometimes as Pentecostals, we have somehow got them on the wrong, well, opposite sides and they don't mesh. I am Pentecostal. I've been Pentecostal all my life, so I guess that gives me room to say this. We've done this. Oh, Acts 2 got the experience and we can declare the experience on Sunday morning. And people will hear the experience on Sunday morning, but on Monday, nobody sees the, the fruit. Nobody sees the peace. Nobody sees the kind of life we ought to be living. I have encountered some of those things over the years of the ministry. They can jump high on Sunday, can't walk straight on Monday, and have a good lifestyle. Well, if all we have is the gift of tongues, and no love, and no peace produce, All we do is hurt people's ears with our clanging and with our noise. So God, help us to have more than a Holy Spirit language. Help us also to have a Holy Spirit lifestyle. Amen? Live it. Preach it. Declare it. Open up. Receive it. 
God fill me, but also God may it spill out of me so that I go win the world and they see the Holy Spirit and the fruit of it. I think over the years we might have been a bit weak on that side of it, the fruit. But maybe too much on the other side. Get it, get it, get it. But maybe it's good to live it too. I think that's good preaching. I think it's what the Bible says. So the dove does not feed on rotten flesh. Hmm. Never known believers that always seem to be wherever there's a stink. Wherever it stinks the most, you'll find maybe a certain person. Not here for sure, I know that. But they're always there. Right in the middle of it every time. And they may even come spiritualizing things. God sent me here to this stink for a reason. But really, the reason they're there is to feed on it. Stir it up, spread it around, and make it worse. They're bottom feeders, they're manure spreaders. That's not the work of the Holy Spirit. That is, my friends, a work of the flesh. We're supposed to spread peace every opportunity we can get. Hmm. I also read that a dove has no gall. I want to say I had to exclude a whole, much, a whole bunch of stuff here that I learned about the dove, but it's so interesting. The dove has no gall. Remember here, he said, well, he got gall. The dove has no gall. Gall is that bitter, bitter fluid. But the dove has no place to produce it or a place to store it. You remember in the Bible that wine, or vinegar, also wine too, but vinegar was mixed with gall and was given to Jesus. As soon as he, soon as he tasted it, he said, I don't want any of this. He refused it. The dove has no gall, no spite, no hatred, no bitterness. No sourness, no place to store the distasteful. And wouldn't it be great if every spirit-filled believer had no place to store bitterness? Wouldn't it be great? See, the moving and working of the Holy Spirit in a church family and in a church fellowship is a movement of peace. And if we can just get this, and if we can just live by this, then I believe we can really transform and change our society, our neighborhood, our community, our city, our world. People out there are looking for the examples. And if you come to church and get an experience called the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2, get out there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and live it. Share peace. Number two. The Holy Spirit also mourns. I guess you could also put another word there too. Moans. Mourns. Also moans. The words of Hezekiah are recorded in Isaiah chapter 38 and verse 14. And these are the words. He says, I moaned like a mourning dove. Isaiah said these words in chapter 59 and verse 11. We all growl like bears, but moan mournfully like doves. And what a picture this is of the Holy Spirit. He moans and moans and groans because he has the ability to feel the pain and sorrow that we experience. And he grieves with us. Romans 8 and 26 says the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We're all weak. You're weak in different places and areas that... 
than I am, but I know that I'm weak. I know that I need his power. I know that I need his presence. I know that when I'm grieving, I need him to get me through. And so he says he helps us in our weaknesses when we don't know what we ought to pray for. Romans 8 and 26 says, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. There's a lot being said there. How many know what it's like to moan and groan because of painful circumstances? How many here know what it's like to to feel like you're all alone in the darkest hours of the night? I want you to know you're not alone as a believer in Jesus Christ. You're not alone during those dark hours of the night. You're not alone as you go through tissue after tissue after tissue and crying your eyes out and your heart is breaking. You're not alone as you pull the bed covers up over your face and you feel that maybe there's no one else around. You're still not alone. Holy Spirit is with you. You're not alone when you feel like the world is crashing down in upon me. And I think it's just good to sound that out this morning. You're not alone as a believer. Our speaker last night, Joanne Goodwin, at the Manhattan Beach Banquet. I mean, we've heard lots of testimonies of people that said, okay, I want you to know, 10 years ago, I went through this, and I can tell you from experience how to get through the pain and the suffering, the agony. And they're going back a few years. She shared something she was presently going through. Pain. Daughter, pain. Family members, pain. Messy, 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 messy situations. And every one of us here this morning know what it's like to go through messy family issues. And you're wondering how you're going to get through. And after she spoke, and while she was speaking, I said, we've got to have her in our church sometime. Whenever you speak about pain, you never lack an audience. Why? Because pain is what all of us are accustomed to. We know what it's like. I just love this passage, though. In the book of Romans 8 and 26, where it says the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses and our pains and our suffering. We don't know what we ought to pray for. I've been there. You've been there. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. And when you don't know what to say, if you can just muster up a groan, if you can just muster it up, Some kind of a sound, what the Holy Spirit does is he takes those moans. He takes those groans. He takes those sighs. And he takes that language that you're speaking, that prayer language, and you speak in other tongues, and you don't know what to pray because there's so much pain and there's so much hurt. You can't get words around it to define how you feel. So you just speak in tongues or you moan, you're grown. The Holy Spirit takes that to the Father and he crystallizes it to him. He intercedes. Oh, don't miss this aspect of the Holy Spirit in your life. He takes that and he interprets it. He intercedes to the Father and, and it goes to the Father's ears. And that's why when you don't know what to... I've heard people say this. I woke up in the middle of the night. I had such a burden. I didn't even know what it was for. 
It was weighty. It was heavy. I prayed in the Spirit, prayed in my other language, and I got relief. That's why when you just lay before the Lord on the floor or in your bed and just cry out to God and whatever comes out of your mouth, it gets to the Father. And that's why you felt the peace. And that is why signs and wonders and miracles and deliverance came. Because the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Isn't that a marvelous truth? You're never alone. You're all by yourself. But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is there. That's the moving and working of the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's what I cry for. Well, I've got to move on. There's another reason the Holy Spirit grieves. I told you that he moans and mourns. Paul tells us in Ephesians 4, verse 26, that the Holy Spirit also feels the pain and the hurt over Christians who become self-reliant and fleshly driven. It ties in with what I said a little bit earlier, but it also fits in here. He groans and moans when our words become weapons of mass destruction. He groans and moans when we, we purposely fire rockets that cause personal injury. He moans and groans when we harbor bitterness and seek ways to... we got to even the score, and we work so hard to even the score, and we just wear ourselves out, tire ourselves out, and we just feel worse and worse and worse. He moans and groans when we stab one another in the back. He moans and groans when we cause each other needless pain. Oh, he does. You may be here and say, well, why does he hurt so much? Why does he hurt so much when we damage each other in the body of Christ? It's because of that very point. This is the body of Christ. We are part of the body of Christ. When we injure each other, we're causing injury to Jesus. And we cause injury to Jesus. And hurt Jesus, it hurts the Holy Spirit. We've got to stand on guard for the church. I said to you earlier that thumbs up. I said to my friend last night at Manhattan Beach Bank, thumbs up on the ministry. Thank thumbs up on what God is doing. But in the back of my mind, I said, Gary, be careful. Don't become relaxed and, and don't become, you know, blind. Be sober. Be alert. Because there's still an enemy there that wants to destroy all that God is doing in our church right now. And if he can use me, or if he can use you, he will. That's why this morning I feel like just stand attention to the Lord. Be sober. God, we've got to defend the church, the body of Christ. Love each other. Exhort each other, as the Bible says, so much more as you see the day approaching. The day when it's going to be all done. But while it's called today, exhort and build up and rejoice in the body of Christ. Stand on guard for each other. Together we stand or divided we fall. This brings me to my final point. The Holy Spirit can depart. This is a truth that I grew up hearing as a young lad in the Pentecostal church. But the Holy Spirit departing. Not sure I totally know where the line is on that to this day. Not sure I want to find out where that line is. 
But I do know that in Genesis 8, verse 12, we read that seven days after the dove first went out of the ark, that Noah sent it out again, and this time it never returned. That gave me a picture. Now the scriptures found in Genesis 6, and verse 3, my spirit will not always contend. What that means is strive or plead or beg with man. I'm not always going to do that. I'm not always going to be there to convict and to uh, impress and to lead and to guide if I'm not wanted. I know when I should step back. He can depart. We have a tendency to think that the Holy Spirit is like a steamroller. And he just steamrolls over everything. We have a tendency to think that, that he's so thick-skinned and he is all those things. He is powerful. But on the other side, he is very, very sensitive. Very sensitive. He hurts when we hurt each other. He hurts when we don't want him. Never forget H.H. Barber, Pastor H.H. Barber, speaking one time at a conference I attended. He spoke about his uh, conversation he had with somebody else who was part of another fellowship and over the years had gone by and he, he, he said to Pastor H.H. H. Barber of his church family, he said, we, we've lost the power of the Holy Spirit and we don't know how to get him back. That is so sad. We've lost him. Well, that caused me to start thinking about the church in Laodicea. Revelation chapter 3, the Spirit has something to say to the church that Jesus knew they needed to hear. Basically, he was saying, I'm on the outside because I was not welcome anymore. Your lukewarmness has chased me away. Your pride and self-sufficiency said, I was not needed or welcome. You thought you could do it on your own, and so I was not wanted And so here's what gripped me last week, and it hit me strong. Jesus was saying, I'm standing on the wrong side of the door. Revelation 3 and 20. Behold, I stand at the door, and I'm knocking. If anyone, if anyone will hear my voice, listen, and be sensitive, and open the door, I'll come in. I'll sit down at the table. We'll have fellowship together. We'll talk about things that that matter most. We'll get you through the difficult seasons. I close today by asking you, what side of the door is Jesus on in your life? Uh, This is for a congregational setting. It's also for personal. Is he knocking on your darts doors, individuals saying, if you'll just open the door, I'd love to come in. And I also want to say there's a time when God will stop knocking by his Holy Spirit. Where that line is, I don't know. And I wouldn't even venture to say when it will be, but I just know by what the scripture says, there's a time he's so sensitive that, that he will just step away. Just as that dove flew out, never came back. And I also believe we're, if we're conscious of, you know, staying away from that line, we're probably in good shape. That's good, isn't it, to be alert and sober. And as a church, as a pastor, this is where I'm at. 
I find that the older I get, the more I want to go back in the history of when I first began in ministry and how, how reliant I was upon the Holy Spirit. I still want to be that way today, and I still am. And I'm grateful that our doors are open. I love to have them open, especially when the spring is here and gets warm. Open up the doors. Yeah, people come through, but we want... There's a picture of the Holy Spirit. We want the Holy Spirit to come in too, that the King of glory might come in so that we can really see what God wants to do. Hungry and thirsty for him to come. What side of the door is he on? If he's outside, maybe you need to open up and say, Jesus, come on in. Jesus, come on in. By your Holy Spirit, come on in. Stand with me. We need the Holy Spirit in 2012. PAOC just didn't need the Holy Spirit to give us a springboard start. We still need the Spirit today. We still need His power. We still need to yearn for Him. We still need to call upon Him. We still need what He can do. Let's sing it without music first. Come, Holy Spirit, I need Thee. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in Thy strength and Thy power. Come in thine own special way. Come, Holy Spirit, I need thee. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in thy strength. And thy power come in thine own special way. And Lord, this morning I know you, what you said to the disciples. You say to us that you, you're sending us into the world. And we know, Lord, that it's tough up there. Sometimes things just jump on our shoulders. Sometimes words are said and they're not words that are really from the Lord or from the enemy. And we listen to them and it sometimes finds root and sometimes causes us to, to get sidetracked in the journey you've called us to. I'm grateful, Lord, that we know what it's like to be a Holy Spirit-led church. A Holy Spirit-led people that He can help us in our weaknesses. And even though we fumble and fall, we find ourselves kneeling before you and saying, Holy Spirit, would you come? <laughs> and would you come in and would you empower me and not only empower me to get up and get going, but empower me to forget the past? How can I ever get up and go if I'm hanging on to the past? Because, Lord, there's a great adventure you have for the church. This morning, Lord, all I wanted to do was share with these people what you laid upon my heart. Let's be hungry for the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to do. 
Let's be conscious that he can be sensitive and he is sensitive and he can be hurt. Let's desire his workings in our church. Thank you.